Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, and today we're talking about improving nurse-to-patient communications with Courtney Govro of Spear3 Consulting, a Kansas City-based technology company that provides data solutions and software to nursing call stations and hospitals. Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So I want to dive in by understanding some of the big players in hospital communications, and particularly nursing call button technology. And, and really, I want to understand some of these inherent challenges that nurses face with these kinds of systems. What's the landscape like right now? It's very much shifting, to be honest. Uh, if you think of it over the last 10 years, most of the time when you talk about patient to nurse communication, you were speaking mostly about a nurse call light system. So push the big red button in the room, light a light outside my door, and it rings a center console and someone goes in and takes care of the need. Um, we moved from that into an industry where we were sending that call button directly to a caregiver's pocket. So they'd have a pager or a wireless phone. Um, but the market is truly shifting now. I mean, we are integrating smartphones smart technologies into the, you know, old school button and a light. And so now the nurse answers on an Apple iPhone or um, some of our hospitals have purpose-built smartphones like the Spectralink, Versity and things like that. So the market is truly shifting right now. And I think it's going to shift even harder as we get to release some of the regulatory requirements. Well, some of the, uh, so some of those technologies that you discussed, uh, it, it has evolved from just a big light to a call button going directly to a nurse's phone. I guess, what are the challenges with that particular type of system where you've got uh, a nurse that could be, you know, in another patient room and they're right in the middle of something and that phone is going off? What are, what are some of the, I guess, the technology challenges there and uh, what are some of the new ways that are being integrated to make this a little bit more user-friendly and just efficient for both patients and nurses? So that technology has been around for a little bit. However, sending a, an alarm to a, to a nurse's phone, it's really a alarm alert, a notification, uh, some type of communication about a need or a want or a desire of the patient. So that's either a need that's created physiologically, so my heart rate's gone off, or physically, like I've pushed a button or I've gotten up out of bed. So those pieces of information, when they go to the nurse's phone, you're absolutely correct. She could be in the middle of administering a medication. And when she gets that alert, there's a 12% probability that she's going to err in administering or documenting medication. So it's a huge risk to the hospital and the patient community. Additionally, because it was such a cool thing, quote unquote, to send alarms, alerts, notifications to the caregiver and say, Let's help her do more with less. What that's caused is a, a term in the industry we call alarm fatigue. Now, alarm fatigue was discussed years ago when we all started doing this in, a, in nurse call and communications design, um, but it wasn't cool. It wasn't noticed until ECRI Group really started nailing it home that, hey, this is dangerous. Hey, we should pay attention to this. This is going to cause deaths or irreparable harm to patients, and nobody wants that in a hospital environment. Um, so what we do what most of the nurse call people or the people that are in the alarm and alert design world do is we look for ways to evaluate how many alarms are hitting the nurse's pocket at any given period of time. Is she the right person? Is it the right time? How many, how often, and then how long is it taking them to engage with those alarms? And can they do it in a meaningful way? So that issue, that problem is really huge. And I don't think it's actually being addressed well 
by the people that are building nurse call. It's being addressed through things like uh, clinical surveillance softwares or um, alarm and alert management softwares and the clinical collaboration tools themselves. So those are the volts, the mobile heartbeats. Um, those kind of technologies. So it sounds like what you're saying is that I guess the the decision makers here aren't necessarily listening to the nurses, uh, you know, directly saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm getting I have some patients that are very trigger happy with the call button, and they they call for everything, and so I can be right in the middle of something, and that can be a, a dangerous situation." Uh, they're they're less listening to that firsthand experience and more they're needing to rely on on data dashboards and I guess hard evidence to show this is, I guess, disruptive for nurses and there's probably a better way to do things, right? It is. We find a lot of hospitals that are in the planning phases to put in new technology. So putting in a new nurse call system, putting in a new endpoint device, so the device that the nurse is using, most of them don't start and say, what's our current interruption rates? What's our current current state for these nurses, and how is it going to change, and how is that going to impact patient care? They don't look at clinical best practice. Um, a lot of times what we find is hospitals are buying nurse call right now because electronic life, so we have a, a three-phase process we walk a hospital through. You've got electronic life, and that's the, the life of the hardware. Um, that can be anywhere from 8 to 13 years. Technology life is the life of the software, and then workflow ability is how everything plays together. And a lot of our hospitals are looking at electronic life or the life of the hardware and saying, well, I need a new one. But they're not thinking through what that new one, how it's going to change the workflow of the nurse. And we believe very strongly that your chief nurse nurse informatics officer, your clinical planners, your clinical educators all need to be at that table to talk through these issues. And you got to do a baseline. Well, so your your experience is both foundational. I mean, you grew up in the industry with your your father's business, your father's company, and then also uh, personal. I mean, what you saw firsthand as a patient's parent using the call button technology. So will you share um, a little bit about your background in the industry and then just what you saw as um, as a parent using that call button um, and how you came to that idea for Spear 3 with, uh, with that experience. Sure. So um, my dad was a systems integrator. He started a company in the early 70s. And a, a systems integrator is a tinkerer. They're the people that can sit and make little pieces of technology work together to create a new environment. And so when my dad started things, it was all hardware based. It was um, really physically tying things together. About the mid 80s, he started distributing nurse call systems. Um, And I can remember I was like six years old when he started distributing our first nurse call system. And I can remember seeing that demo platform and the lights and the tones and talking to him about it and how excited he was at that time. You know, somebody that grew up on a farm that put himself through college and, and now had this electronics company. So I grew up around that stuff. I went to work there when I was 12. Um, My job was to clean the demos, answer the phones, and program the demos. So I kind of have it in my blood. I had an RTLS system in a dollhouse that I played with. (laughs) So I went off to college and totally didn't expect to come into the industry, but ended up there. And uh, fast forward a lot of years later, I designed a lot of nurse call platforms, worked with a lot of hospitals, and I was the patient. I was in the hospital with uh, my youngest and he was six weeks old. He was a big baby. He's 10 pounds when he's born, but he was, he was a big guy, but he had RSV 
and um, we had great care from our nurses. They loved on us while we were there. Uh, but one day in the hospital, I pushed that big red button for help because I was closed door infection precaution, nobody around, just me. And I had the baby in my hands and nobody came for 30 minutes. My initial reaction is, oh my gosh, something has to be broken. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was, it was just a simple supply and demand. There was too much going on and not enough people to answer. And that hospital, though, um, treated me like family. I went to them, said, hey, I was your secret shopper. Um, they let me be on a research committee. And from there, I launched Sphere 3 because we found there was a real vacancy. And this was in 2009. It's a real vacancy in the market for people that were doing the math. People that were saying, wait a second, don't just send that to a wireless device. You don't know what that's going to do to people. That evolved from consulting into software. And now we're the only tool on the market that can transform anything that rings, stings, and buzzes and indicates patient's condition or need. We translate that into behaviors and correlate it with patient's feedback. And we can help the hospital understand who's at risk of falling, who's at risk of creating a lot of disruption on the floor from a workload perspective, and who's you know, going to be unhappy and how do we address that? And the software transforms all that for them. It, it seems to me that there's probably lots and lots of people that have, have experienced the very same thing. And so I'm curious in, in your line of work, how often do you come across those stories where certainly when you're talking to nurses, but but maybe it's the decision makers or the people that aren't necessarily truly in touch with what's going on the floor and they come to you and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I had the same experience. You know, I called and there was alarms going off on my parents, um, you know, monitor and, and nobody came. How often do you hear those stories? You know, I hear them a lot. And I, I love that you brought that up because I feel like everybody has a patient story. Everybody can connect to this. And it should drive the health IT industry to serve. It should just be a a beacon of, oh my gosh, we've got to make things better for patients. We've got to make things better for families. And I think that's what really, you know, I tell my team all the time, our job is to do nothing more than serve. How do we empower and enable caregivers to take care of families? Because someday it could be your family. You know, my husband was in the hospital a few years ago after his heart attack. And it is such a, a dissettling situation to be in that patient room and hear a heart monitor and realize that's someone's heart. It's not just a beat. And I get that a lot from my um, my CEOs and my CNOs. I, I work mostly with chief nurses and, you know, and I call them all friends. When you get to work with them as much as we do, we get personal and we're in their business a lot. You know, having those experiences and having those conversations are very personal. And I, I think that's what makes healthcare special. It's different than retail technology. It's different than education technology. This is about someone's life. You're, you're doing something important. Right. And, and a lot of times you're, you're meeting people at their most vulnerable, whether or not they, they're the patient themselves or, or they're the parent or the child or the, um, the, you know, the grandchild of somebody that's in the hospital. It, it's, it can be a very overwhelming experience um, seeing all those alarms go off and, and you, you just you don't understand all of what's what's happening. And so making that uh, that technology better, uh, more user friendly, but also better for the nurses so that they can give the best 
care possible. I'm sure that's, um, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's, that's what I guess it's all about. In the industry as a whole, I think um, something I'm, I'm understanding is uh, Alexa AI technology is uh, starting to, to come into play for aging in place. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you're seeing for those particular uses within this type of patient call technology? I think that's uh, wonderful that you brought that up because that's one of the challenges. When you say nurse call, I think people get siloed into the acute care setting. So it's a button and a light and a request modeling. But really, nurse call, patient communications is within the entire continuum of care. Alexa, Google, uh, are going to transform all of that and how it all works. <laughs> I actually just said her name and my uh, thing went off in my office. <laughs> Mine too. I had to I had to reach over as I was talking and like put the do not disturb on her and turn her volume down because I thought she was going to start talking to me. <laughs> I did too. Um, but I think that's the future. I, I truly believe that there will be a transformational patient profile of your patient experience. So we have electronic med records, we're going to have a patient experience record, and it's going to follow you wherever you go. So if you think about that concept of how I want to be cared for, when I want to be cared for, what I want when I'm cared for, all of those things, if you think about those topics, and you think about how she, I'll just use the she since she's in my office, uh, how she can interact with you, it's going to change things. And the most powerful aspects of it are the data that's underneath it, the how, the when, the what, the why that you're doing those things and how you want to be cared for. I mean, for me, that's the biggest thing. We have to be more prescriptive in how we care for people, not just what we're caring for people. So it's not just the prescription of the medications. It's, it's how they want to be taken care of. And aging in place is going to be huge. There's no way that our current hospital market can support the onslaught of the baby boomers that are coming their way. They call it, what do they call it? The gray wave, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Well, so what's, what are those possibilities? I mean, I think um, a lot of people don't understand aging in place until you're, you know, smack dab in front of it and, and needing to learn about what's possible. So I guess uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the role that, that Alexa will have in aging in place. What's, what's possible for those, uh, for those patients and, and the people that are, are caring for them? Think about things of telehealth. So telehealth will be one of the biggest thing. My Amazon tool that's in my office has a video screen. You know, we, we actually purchased them for our office because we were testing different methodologies and, and how we could use it for those types of communication things. So telehealth, very simply, for those that aren't familiar with it, means if you have a smartphone that has video capabilities, you could have a doctor appointment on your smartphone. You don't have to go in to urgent care or anywhere else to get, you know, some of the simple diagnoses. How many times do you go to urgent care because you have a sinus infection or an earache or things like that? Some of those things can be diagnosed on the phone. Um, with a video conference. Um, so that's one of the things. Medications is huge. That's already, Amazon will already find ways to take that over in the coming years. Uh, so that's one of the ways. And aging in place, just so they know, I, or so people understand, aging in place simply means I want to go home and I want to stay at home. I want to receive care at home. So it's kind of the compilation of, of home health and 
recovery care and things like that, you're only going to go to the hospital if you are extremely sick. And I think people get confused that are, you know, younger than 30, they get confused about that topic because right now people go to the hospital for a lot of reasons, but there'll be a lot of transition because the healthcare system can't support what's coming in its current model and its current funding states. It just can't. So technologies will enable us to have a hospital in our home. I mean, think of your Fitbit. Um, How do wearables tie into it to help that model? If I can know all the same stuff that they know about me in the hospital, if I'm not super sick, is there a way for me to be managed at home? So I think it's the most part of healthcare, to be honest. Yeah. And I think that does have tremendous uh, possibilities. I mean, um, again, you know, you don't tend to think about all these things until you need them. But, you know, home health is um, is facing a, a huge shortage. Uh, there's just inherent just problems with the system itself because there's just too many patients and, and uh, not enough caregivers to be able to provide the amount of care, the quality of care that they would like if they're spread across, you know, five, six, even more patients a day trying to hit all those different spots. So yeah, so I think um, aging and health is, or uh, sorry, aging in place is certainly going to be a huge place to look at this healthcare technology. From from your viewpoint, though, what's what's the thing that most excites you about the industry as a whole, um, possible future uses, or just the 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 help that you're able to provide now? I think there is a whole world to be evaluated in the current acute care setting and the current technology mixes on how analytics can transform how we not only design those things, but how we enable a concept called clinical knowing. If you've ever, I'm not a nurse, though sometimes people ask me, I'm like, I'm not a nurse, I don't, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not that good. But if there's a concept called clinical knowing and a nurse can walk into a room And she's going to compile all the data she knows about that patient in her head. And then she uses touch and smell. And they they call this concept clinical knowing. So being a nurse is a little bit mixed between math and magic. And that's where I see this huge ability to provide information. Um, There's a lot going on in healthcare around predictive and AI and machine learning and all of these topics. But right now, Uh, Technology providers should be most focused on how do we empower and enable caregivers to allow them to use their knowledge, their knowing, their wisdom, whatever you want to call it. But how can we take some of those repetitive, some of those things that they don't need to do physically and enable that through a technology and, and allow them to do what they do well? Um, And it's not about, I used to, when I first started, I was all about, oh, we could do less with, or we could do more with less. We can increase efficiency. Uh, Now I'm more about how do I empower these people to do a really good job and feel really good about what they're doing? Because that's what will heal patients. So I think analytics has a job in healthcare and it's not about reporting. Uh, My job is not to be uh, the person that comes in and drops the hammer and gives all this information. It's all about empowering these caregivers. And the only way to do that is to give that data in real time at the point of care, provide visibility and understanding because we have to enable knowing. We have to provide foundation and service to the nurse so that she can do her job better. 
uh, it can't be about replacing caregivers or clinicians or anything like that. Right. No nurse is ever going to rival Alexa. Mm-mm. Nope. She she will always be better than her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I hope I got all your questions answered and feel free to call me anytime. Absolutely. Well, and thanks to listeners today for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries. Subscribe to articles, podcasts, and create time. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Shelby Skirhawk.